In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us rest. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody's looking for romance. Everybody's going off the deep end. Everybody needs a second chance. You maybe recognize those lyrics from the awesome Canadian rock band Loverboy. And their smash hit from 1982, which is well before many of you were born. Their smash hit, Working for the Weekend. It was released and then finally climbed up to the charts in uh, January of 1982, all the way up to um, uh, 29 on Billboard's Top 40. Uh, that week that it climbed up to its highest position, um, the, the uh, number one song was Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. An honorable mention to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' at number nine. And while Let's Get Physical and Don't Stop Believin' might make for interesting sermons in their own right, today we're going to talk about working for the weekend. And if you listen to the song you'll find out that basically what the song is all about is it's all about kind of um, this tension that we have with why we work and what we're working for and how we even work. And there, there's this sense in the song of everybody's working for the weekend. And what Loverboy is doing there is playing with kind of this fun double entendre that comes along with working for the weekend. Because when I say working for the weekend, you can understand that in two different and pretty uh, separate ways. The, the first way is that I'm working for the weekend, which I pretty much do every weekend. Where I, what I do is I, I work through the weekend is, is kind of what that means. You can come away from working for the weekend with, with that in mind. So if I say I'm working for the weekend, you might come away with that, uh, with thinking that, oh, okay, well, Pastor Jay is going to be working through Saturday and Sunday. And yet, there's another way in which you can understand that, and that is you are working for the purpose of the weekend, and so you're working for the weekend. So you're just trying to get through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which is weekend eve. Friday, it finally hits. And that's what you've been working for. You've been working for Friday through Sunday evening when you start doing homework or you start getting ready for the slog of a new week. And there's kind of this tension there of two different ways of approaching life. Are we working through the weekends? Are we oftentimes just not stopping work and working for all of that time working through our weekend? Or are we working 
for the purpose of the weekend so that then we can go and we can watch Florida State win against Louisville or we can go and we can do whatever. Well, all of our readings today kind of get at some of that, and especially this Hebrew reading gets at some of that, that duality. This Hebrew reading is very long, first of all, but also the writer of Hebrews is playing around with some of the same sort of difference in one singular phrase. Just like Loverboy was working with working for the weekend, the writer of Hebrews is working with this idea of rest. In fact, he says this thing that is very much like the working for the weekend idea late through late in that reading where it says we should strive in order to enter his rest and that we should work in order to enter that rest is what he's saying. And the question that really comes up, I think, for a lot of us then is, well, what is the difference? What, what is work? What is rest? And the way that we define those things could be kind of different. I mean, we probably all have the same idea about rest on one side of the spectrum. And that is the side of the spectrum that is sleep. Uh, unless you are somebody who is forced to take a nap like none of our kids are, apparently. Um, Unless you are somebody who is forced to take a nap, and that feels like work because, oh, I have to take a nap. You would probably say, well, when I am sleeping, I am resting. But outside of that, it gets pretty tricky, doesn't it? Because outside of that, the work that your landscaper friend does as his work, you may actually look at that if you live in a cubicle farm You may look at what your landscaper friend gets to do out there playing in the mud all day as rest. And he might look at you getting to sit in your nice cushy chair and check Facebook every 15 minutes as rest. And so we get into this question about, okay, well, what is work and what is rest? And the writer of Hebrews comes up with, well, three different biblical categories of Rest. And the first biblical category that he talks about in this reading is this biblical category of the rest of the promised land. Where where he says, consider what it's like for the people of Israel when they were marching through the desert for 40 years. All of their fathers had died except for two. And they finally arrived in the promised land. And the road trip was over. And they could go, oh, thank goodness, stretch my legs or not. And so that's the first category of rest. The category of rest that is a a sort of a, a rest from an extended amount of work. And then he goes into a second category of rest, which is very interesting. It's the category of rest that God has when he gets done creating the earth. When God gets done creating the earth, he does that in six days. He leaves off the seventh day and says, I'm going to rest. 
And, and, and that is sort of a, a telling rest in a way because it's a rest of choice. It's not a rest of exhaustion because, well, he's God. He, he doesn't really get exhausted, at least in the way that we think of being exhausted. And so it's this kind of choice to rest. Well, I, I don't think that that's really the same as, as the rest of the Israelites that were traveling around for 40 years. But this is a little bit different. It has a little bit different shade to it. And, and then he finally gets to the, the last kind of rest. And, and that kind of rest is a rest that is imposed upon you. This rest that is imposed upon you by the, the word of God, this rest that everybody who is reading this book, because the name of this book is Hebrews, everybody who's reading this book would have known exactly what he was talking about. It's a weekly rest that is mandated from your work. And that is something that we just do not get as Westerners. The closest that we maybe get with that is like jail. Where you just can't work. And, and that's a part of the issue. Is that it feels like jail to us sometimes to rest. When somebody says you need to rest, a lot of times it's because you don't want to. You want to keep on striving. You want to keep on making things. And you want to keep on creating things. And you want to keep on changing people's minds. And you want to continue to do all of the things that you do in whatever vocation it is for you. You want to keep on learning. You want to keep on teaching. You want to keep on doing whatever. And, and there's this sort of difficulty that we have when somebody says to us you need to rest and, and I think that's why in our culture the ways in which we sort of rest look a whole lot like work have you ever noticed some of the stuff that we do to rest I'm always struck by the, the drinking culture here at Florida State and every other higher education institution in the United States, save maybe Liberty University. I, I mean, and that's supposed to be rest. The, the whole idea that we go out and we get hammered over the weekend is supposed to be a sense of rest. And then you get up on Saturday or Sunday morning, and you, you have this job that you go to, and this job is called your hangover. And it is not rest at all. It's a lot of work. I've been there. And, and that's supposed to be our rest. Or, or maybe just kind of the ways in which we rest by taking kind of elaborate vacations and having them be all about, well, what are we going to see and what are we going to do? And that can be very restful if you want to see those things. But it can very quickly dip into being all about the work of that stuff. Well, I, I don't think we're much different in terms of our relationship with God. 
in terms of our relationship with God, God is coming to us, especially this morning through all of these readings, and he's saying, would you just stop? Would, would you just take a nap? Would you just chill out a little bit? There's kind of this sense that he has in these readings where, where he's saying, stop working so much and trust in me. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples in our gospel reading, when, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, well, you know, all of this stuff, well, it's impossible for man, but with God it's possible. Uh, and then Peter, his first response is, well, we gave up all of this stuff. And Jesus is kind of like, Yeah, you did, Peter. But it's not about the giving stuff up. And and I think there's a slight danger when it comes to kind of this sense of rest. That we can fall into maybe some of the same pitfalls as Peter. where, Where we can think, like many of the people around during Peter's time and Jesus' time did, that it's all about the sacrifices we make in order to rest, but it's not about the rest itself. Because Peter was saying, hey, look, I've given up all of this stuff just so that I can rest with you, Jesus. And Jesus looks through just the language that he uses there. And it becomes very evident that he's like, but what it's all about for you, Peter, is it's all about your giving stuff up. It's not about your being with me. And how often is that the case for us? That we have a hard time resting with God. That we have a hard time just letting God be God and letting us be us. And there's some good reasons for that. I mean, we are sinners, after all. And, and at some level, we understand that we're sinners. And we understand that in front of a holy God, we should not be able to rest. We should need to keep on going. We should be working through every single one of our weekends. Just in order to get kind of okay with God. We should be giving everything up, just like Peter did. And, and we, we come to life with this sort of anxious personality in front of God. And God looks at us and he says, it's already done. It's already done because I died for you on the cross. So that you could rest. So that you don't have to worry about you. So that instead of worrying about you, you can worry about just spending time with me. And you can worry about spending time with your neighbor. And you can worry about what it really means to rest. And to know that you're taken care of. My hope for you this week is that you can rest. If that means that you have to tell your boss that you need 15 minutes off so that you can take a nap, then tell him to call me. 
And I, I will say that it's probably the most spiritual thing that you do all week, just to take that 15-minute nap. But do it. Rest. Recently, I bought some stickers for the back of my laptop because that's what the cool kids are doing. <laughs> and my favorite sticker out of all of them that I bought, and I do have a lot of cool ones on there, but my favorite sticker on there is just a very simple sticker that says, You will be okay. Now, you have to interpret that with Jesus in mind. But when you do, that's what it means to rest. To go through everything that you're going through in this life, and I know that it's tough for so many of you, but to go through with the assurance of that sticker, knowing you will be okay. Amen. Please rise.